This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Congregation. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Hey guys, how hey. you doing? Still good. Still good. Good. We're recording yep. a couple in a row here, so <laughs> I just asked them that question 20 minutes ago and just not feels, much has changed. It just feels artificial. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Great. So Stacy's still here. Hi, Stacy. Hey. Dave's still here. Hey. Hi. Um, so random question, uh, you're on a plane. Do you prefer aisle or window or middle seat <laughs> and why? <laughs> if someone would choose middle, I feel like I would need a counseling <laughs> session to just get to the bottom of their heart. No, no, no. On? That's, that's a legitimate option because Wait, if you're, you're talking why? now, Ethan, yes. oh, oh, you're Ethan here. Popping in. Ethan, wow. hello. Yes. If you're in the middle seat, you get both armrests. Whereas if you're in the left if, seat, you get one armrest and if the nobody's wall. next to you though, yeah, I I feel no, like even it, if someone's next to you, if you're oh, in you the just, middle, I, you just you get you both. take it over. I feel yes. like it depends on how aggressive the other people are. Wow, uh, you, know? you just gotta assert yourself right away. I try to love wow. my neighbor like myself and Ooh. just mess it. <laughs> Ooh, Ethan just, just got Jesus juked. <laughs> got him. Uh, I uh, I like the window seat best because I I like seeing i like seeing clouds and storms and stuff like that but if i get the aisle seat i'm okay because i get a little more leg room you know mm -hmm. but i'd prefer a window i think stacy yeah window seat i prefer window too but it's because i can sleep and i don't have to worry about moving if someone needs to get out to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. oh so oh. yeah i didn't see that That's coming true. just less okay. it's less disturbed so Ethan prefers middle and he just puts his arms all over everyone. He doesn't <laughs> yep. care. He's just like got his arms around He's both got, their shoulders that's and right. just like, hey By guys. By armrest, he means fellow passengers. We're in this together. <laughs> Might as well. That's yeah. right. Uh -huh. That's right. Okay. It was easier before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly less awkward. Well, that's good. All right. Well, we are starting uh kind of a new podcast series today called Why We Do What We Do. Mm. Just trying to explain. Why are we doing this series? Because uh, <laughs> Dave suggested it and it sounded like a good idea. So, yep, yep. We're, uh, no, we just want to just talk about some of the things that um, our regular practice around here at Bethlehem and just kind of explain the rationale. Why do we do these things? Is there intentionality or are they just random? This is just, you know, whatever. Um, so today we're going to talk about why do we do expository preaching? Mm. So maybe let's just define what is expository preaching? If someone's never heard that word before, what does that mean? Go ahead, Stacy. You did. You did. This is you just not even your, fair. Yeah, it is. It's fair. You know what expository preaching is. Well, <laughs> preaching through a book of the Bible rather than just topical. Yeah. That's right. That's the One basics. super basic definition. <laughs> yeah. So expository <laughs> preaching is basically what she said in that we're not, um, we're not stringing together kind of random text from random places to try to make a, to, to try to make a sermon fit what we want to say. Instead, we're trying mm -hmm. to, we're right. trying to read the text in its context to try to understand mm -hmm. the author's intent. Yep. And my my job week after week is just like I want to get the author right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What so if I'm in Philippians, I'm going, what 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 did Paul want to say to them? 
And that's what I, what I want to say to our people. If I'm in Genesis, what did Moses, what was his point here? Rather than, I want to talk about this this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to string something together. Yep. Right. So there's maybe, it might be helpful to define a couple kind of theological words. So there's a, a word, uh, exegesis and then eisegesis. And I mean, those sound like, you know, technical, who cares, you know, what those words mean, but they're illuminating. Um, so exegesis means illuminating and preaching and um, showing what the author intended. Mm-hmm. So the main point of the text is what you preach. Mm-hmm. Eisegesis is the opposite. It's taking your intention and your meaning and reading it into the text. Imposing it. Imposing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. into some in there in a way that's not intended. Right. And kind of using the text and using the Bible for your own purposes. Right. Um, and we don't want to do that. We don't, we want to make sure that we are being faithful to the intention of the author and really the intention of the Holy Spirit who wrote the the Bible and um, inspired the authors to write those words. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we think that's important? What do we, what do we believe about the word that makes us think that that's really important to do? Yeah. I mean, and, and we, we, what we would say is the word is a means to an end. So, which might sound funny to people because we love the word so mm-hmm. much here, but it's a means to knowing and loving God and submitting to him. And mm-hmm. we think it's one of the main, uh, well, it's the main objective place that we can go to go, what does God say? Yeah. What does he think about this? What mm-hmm. does he want us to understand? And so we go there because we think God wrote it and God calls us to know him and love him and submit to him through it. And we also think um, that it's alive, that the word is living. And so as we preach it and exposit it accurately, it it does its work. The word doesn't return void. Right. Another way to mm-hmm. say it. That, so I'll often say that the word does the work. It's not my job to go, man, how do I, how do I make this really fun, really entertaining, really engaging. It's my job to go get the word right because yeah. the word does the work. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of this mindset, you know, of does just, just to piggyback on what you were yeah. saying there, does like a flashy production in a worship service and like, you know, the jokes in the sermon or making it really attractional, is that what actually changes people? And the answer is no, the word mm-hmm. changes people. And so we just want to make sure that we're being faithful to what's there. And um, that's, yeah, that's that's just what we always want to do. So um, so then... And, and, and we would say that we even want to do that because the word says that's what it does. Right. So, you know, like John... That's uh, what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, you that, say, no that's you perfect. Say it. say it. That's perfect. No, this is a great segue. I wasn't, oh my gosh. Now he backed away from the microphone. He's pouting. <laughs> I'm deferring. I'm deferring. I was just going to say, what texts, what texts would we point to to say that this is what the word does? Your word is truth. Sanctify them in your truth. John 17, yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. There's a bunch of others. Uh, 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 it's, it's sufficient for uh, training in righteousness. Where mm-hmm. am I? I'm, I'm losing the text in my mind. Is that 2 Timothy 3, mm-hmm. 16? Um, we could talk about uh, Hebrews 4, how the word pierces mm-hmm. um, down to the 
and yep. reveals the, the hidden intentions of the heart. Yep. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of places where the word talks about itself. Psalm 19, Psalm 119. Yes. All the things the word does. Um, so we we believe that because the word tells us <laughs> that that's what it does, and so we kind of stake our lives and ministry on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would say too is it's it's a super it's super freeing as a preacher to just go, I just got to get the word right. Super freeing to not have to make stuff up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or share your own opinions and yeah. things. I mean, I was just thinking of like our posture towards it should be humility and like submitting ourselves under the word, not what you were saying earlier, like, well, here's what I think it means to me. I mean, we're all trying to do that, right? Like imperfectly, we understand the mm-hmm. word. Um the Holy Spirit is there to help us, but um, really submitting ourselves under it and like, mm-hmm. Lord, what did you intend by this? And through study, I think we can, in imperfect ways, know yeah. what he's intending to say to us. Yep. That's like, that's a, a whole huge subject that's worthy of a podcast on its own is can we actually know mm-hmm. what the word means? And the answer sure. is yes, we can. Not, you know, not 100% perfectly all the time, but we can know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's even, you know, take the bigger concept of why do we do exe- exegetical preaching and narrow it down to typically we're preaching through a book of the Bible. So why do we do that? Is there a reason, um, that we think that it's generally good to just pick a bi- book and go through it from beginning to end? Why, why do we do that? Yeah, I think in general, it's helpful because it forces you to do exegetical preaching. Mm-hmm. It's it automatically puts every verse in its context, so you can't really cherry pick because you've got to look around and go, well, uh, what is this verse all about? Uh, and it and it's in a specific context context um, to specific people, in a specific place and time. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta you gotta figure out the overall message and how that fits. You know, because we wouldn't, for example, although in our day and age we we do this a lot. You know, it's very common in our day and age to hear an interview. Or to hear whatever, and someone cherry picks one sentence and uses it to make whatever point they want on right. Twitter or yeah. on whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in a good marriage, we don't do that, right? If if your husband or wife is talking to you for five or six minutes, and you take out one thing they said that was you know you didn't like very much, and say and then use that to mm-hmm. prosecute them or to right. make your point, they would they would say, but you. I talked five more minutes and you didn't, you weren't listening to the whole message. You get what I'm saying. And so that's what we're trying to do with the Bible. And that's why it's helpful to, to work through books of the Bible because it puts them in that context, the fuller context of what's going on. And I also think it's helpful because it, it means that someone like me, right? Every one of us has passions and particular things that we would uh, naturally lean towards mm-hmm. particular doctrines, particular not even and not bad things. They're they're probably good things. Absolutely. Um, yep. But it makes me just preach God's word in a way that it keeps me away from my own hobby horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just gonna preach through the next text of the Bible, right? And there's a lot of weeks where I mean, there's not a lot of weeks, but there's some weeks where you go, man, why? Why did we decide to preach through this book again? This is not a text that I'd be super excited. Just, you know, open it up and preach Genesis 19. Thank right. you, Rick Schenk, mm-hmm. uh, for doing that for me <laughs> on vacation. But it, it forces us to deal with all of God's revelation. Yeah. 
in a really healthy way. And that's so huge because we believe that all of the word is profitable for teaching and rebuking and correction and training and righteousness, all of it, every word. So even the hard texts are the ones that were like, that's a little messy. That's a little hard to understand. I don't really want to touch that, you know? Yep. No, that's good. It's yep. good for us. And so you've got to, we've got to preach through it. Yep. Um, and it, it just keeps you, it, it's a way to make sure that you're preaching the whole counsel right. of God. Right, right. Yep. And one thing to say about expository or exegetical preaching is the reason we preach the books of the Bible is that it does make you preach through the whole counsel of God and it forces you to do what we're saying. But you can do topical messages yeah. and even topical series where you're still expositing the works, what we mean by exposit is we want to say what God said. So, for example, um, you know, uh, if we're talking about the sanctity of life, which by the time this comes out, I'll probably preach a sermon on it, I'm assuming. I want to go to the Bible, and I want to say what God said about that. Mm-hmm. And that's still an expository message. I'm not trying to... Mm-hmm. Um, just say what I want to say and use the Bible. I want to submit myself to the word of God. And so we're not against topical sermons here. There are even topical series here and there. I think they can actually be really helpful at certain points. Yep. But even in those, we want to be expository in the way we handle the word of God. Yep. Exegetical, you could mm-hmm. say. <clears throat> awesome. Great. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to add? They're thinking. They're thinking. Nope. Only to, I mean, the only thing, other thing I'd say is along with what we've already said, we try to make it a practice to go back and forth between like an Old Testament book yeah. and a New Testament book um, simply because we want to just, I, I think it's a, a testament to say exactly what you said. We believe all scripture is profitable mm-hmm. and we want to give our people like a full orbed diet <laughs> of the word of God. And, and make the Bible smaller for them. We want them to see, we just did a podcast on this, how Genesis is connected to Galatians. Mm-hmm. We want them to see how Leviticus is connected to Hebrews. Yeah, You know, all, all, all these various things that we want them to see um, because we want them to more and more grow in their confidence in God's word and the relevance of God's word for their life. It's been one of the sweetest things about Genesis is people going, man, when you, <laughs> it's funny, no one tells you this um, before you start. <laughs> I've had a bunch of emails of people like, we really weren't excited about Genesis. We were kind of like, what were you thinking? And then um, and then they're going, but we didn't realize how relevant it would be every week for right where we're at. Mm, yep. um, that's cool. And that's, it's timeless that way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's a, a good practice to, to, and, and there's, there's exceptions to that. You know, maybe there's, you know, you really think your people need this in this moment. And so you, you deviate from the plan per se. Yep. But generally we try to go back and forth in a healthy way. Yep. That's good. Mm. All right. Well, thanks guys. May we always be a church that loves the word and tries to be faithful to it in our preaching. Amen. Mm.